Right, guys, well, welcome back to episode nine of the League Express podcast. My name's Jake Keenan, and joining me as always is the editor of League Express, Martin Sadler. Martin, how's it going? Fine, Jake. Episode nine, my goodness. Where's, where have all those episodes gone? Yeah, it's uh, good to be here again, of course. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's been an interesting time, hasn't it? You know, a lot of uh, important issues being settled in, in rugby league on both sides of the world. Um, but a lot of interesting issues still to be settled. So a lot to look back on and a lot to look forward to, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of content in this week's edition of the League Express uh, newspaper. Uh, just a reminder for our viewers and listeners, if you do want to grab yourself a subscription, uh, head to www.totalrl forward slash shop. And uh, I guess and you'll have a great time if you do. You yeah. know, you'll read some great stuff, I'm, I'm fairly sure. Exactly uh. right. <laughs> and this paper will be going mostly through the off-season as well. Mostly, um, yeah. yeah. So we, not, I think we take a week off at Christmas and New Year. Yep. But that's the only time. No, perfect, because obviously there's always off-season news and Absolutely. player signings and the like. So, yeah. yeah make and sure don't forget, you can read it digitally as well, uh, Jake. It's um, It goes up on Sunday night at about 9 o'clock, so if people want to download it onto their iPhone, tablet, um, or whatever, then you can do it. And it's uh, you get to read it before you go to bed on Sunday night, which a lot of people quite like to do. Yeah, absolutely. Get the jump on uh, everyone who buys it in the shop, absolutely. that's for sure. And I think uh, with that one, it'll just redirect you to the Pocket Mags website, which yes. is quite an easy website to navigate. It I've is. gotten a few copies on there. So, yeah, um, yeah make sure you jump on. And, and yeah, if you are a, a more of a digital reader, you can get it early and uh, yeah, enjoy it on your Sunday night. But mm-hmm. tell you what, what a weekend of football we've had Martin um, there was a few big score lines um, unfortunately we have the news that uh, Wakefield Trinity will be relegated um, and it was a tough fought battle for them against the Lee Leopards they went down by one point yeah my, my club as a young boy I used to support Wakefield religiously every week and that I'm I'm a lot more neutral now but I still obviously have a soft spot for Wakefield and uh, it's so sad to see them going down after 24 years in the top uh, top flight and what a sad way to go, losing by a you know field goal in the golden point time at Lee. Uh, it could hardly be more heartrending, really. And you know the the Wakefield players spread eagle on the pitch after the after the game. Gareth O'Brien, incidentally, Gareth O'Brien, the guy who who kicks field goals that send teams down. In two thousand and sixteen, he famously sent Hull Kingston Rovers down. Uh, with a with a field goal uh, for Salford at uh, Craven Park in their million pound game, and he's done it again. He's an absolute expert at, at doing it, and uh, you know, good for him, but terribly sad for Wakefield. And uh, what we don't know yet is what the financial impact will be on the Wakefield club, because um, whether they will get a parachute payment and how much it will be uh, is to be decided. In the near future, I think, and um, in the past, we found that relegation from Super League has had incredibly serious effects on clubs because you've got to um, you've you've got to adapt to, for, to falling from a competition which is full time to a competition which is part time, and it normally means that a lot of players have to be released and um, new players engaged on part time contracts. So it's a hell of a thing for Wakefield to have to do but but the extent to which they'll have to do it depends partly at least on whether they get a reasonable parachute payment for being relegated. Yeah okay and I think I was reading an article by The Guardian this week and they were talking about um, how well the London Broncos have been going in the championship over the past couple of weeks and then the difficulties they felt when they faced when they were relegated a few years back. Um, yeah, Do you have any information? I, I understand it was uh, they didn't get a very big parachute payment because that was in the midst of COVID? Yes. No, I don't think they did. And um, and it was disastrous. I mean, they, they, they were relegated on the last day of the season that were, as, as well in 2019. Ironically, when they played at Wakefield, it was either Wakefield or... London Broncos who were going to be relegated depending on who lost that game and it was it was them who lost it and the other ironic thing about it was that Danny Ward was the London Broncos coach um, and now of course he's the Castleford coach who, and, and they've escaped relegation so mm. you know things 
turn in circles, don't they? Fortunately or fortunately or for, unfortunately, as the case may be. Mm, yeah, absolutely right. So disappointing for um, Wakefield. We will touch it on in the news a little bit more, but uh, we'll move on. So we also had St Helens uh, eighteen defeated Warrington six uh, on Friday night. Quite a, a tough fought battle uh, for Warrington, but Saints were just too good in the end. Well, a, a massive a massive improvement from Warrington uh, at just the right time, actually, because we're just you know coming to the. Um, well, just coming to the playoffs, and Warrington are still there in sixth place, but they were without George Williams, and they played a young man called Leon, Leon Hayes at uh, standoff half, a, a teenager who was playing his first game of the season, not his debut, because he's played in, played played a couple of games for them last year. But I thought he didn't let the side down at all, and um, and Saints really had to work hard to win that game, and and you know Warrington were. A, a little bit unlucky, I thought, um, particularly you know when they had a, 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 a try disallowed. But you know, it, it's um, Saints are firing as they always do at this time of the year. Warrington uh, are still battling with Salford for that sixth um, place. They'll be play, both playing on Friday night, of course. Salford will play at, at home to Catalans, and Warrington will visit Huddersfield, which is a game that. They, you know, could and should win perhaps, but um, but Huddersfield came back to form, didn't they, with mm. scoring fifty odd points against Hull FC at the weekend? So that that could be an interesting game too. Yeah, for sure, and it's uh, nice to see a little bit of excitement entering that final round of the season. I think we'll all be on the edge of our seats. All the games being played, kicking off simultaneously on Friday night. At eight o'clock, yes. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. To get a few dual monitors set up, maybe absolutely. And, yeah. and watch a few of them. Um, I guess moving on, we had Catalan's huge win, sixty-one uh, to nil over Leeds. That's the biggest defeat uh, margin that Leeds have uh, suffered in the Super League era. It actually beats in in two thousand and seventeen. They were beaten sixty-six ten at Castleford. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a 56-point margin. but um, and, and oddly enough, that year they went on to win the competition. So, you know, there was something very odd about that year. But um, and, and they beat Castleford in the grand final. Uh, this year, of course, Leeds are not going to be in the playoffs, so they've got no chance of winning anything. Um, and you wonder what on earth has happened to them. It was a disastrous uh, performance all round. Incidentally, Adam Kieran for the... Um, Catalans scored 30 points and that's a new record for that club it beats Thomas Bosk's 26 points that he scored a few years ago so that's a notable um, a notable record for Adam Kieran who will play for for Wigan next year so um, you know the, the, the Catalans are clearly going strong and at, at the moment it looks like a three or perhaps even four horse race for the grand final uh, Wigan Saints Catalans and perhaps Lee obviously Hull KR and um, whoever finishes six will have something to say about that but uh, you know it's looking it's looking like a really interesting build up isn't it to once we reach the playoffs next weekend yeah I think they needed that win as well because there's a few games there a few uncharacteristic games and I think that's 61 point uh, yeah well they're in second well. place so if they win at Salford next Friday or this coming Friday uh, then they probably will finish second because I think their points difference is substantially better than St Helens it's 291 as opposed to St Helens in third place 229 Mm -hmm. so you know St Helens uh, their final game is against Tull and they, they may well run up a cricket score but it's difficult to imagine that it would be sufficient to overtake the Catalans if the Catalans beat Salford so you know we um it's going to be very interesting that that Salford Catalans game is is a real crucial game for both sides mm, definitely and one of the other teams you just touched on Hull KR 12 uh, they defeated Salford 12 nil um what did you make of this performance unlucky for Salford obviously they're still tied on uh, points with Warrington in that sixth spot great Great defensive game for Hull KR, you know, to to put your opponents to nil, especially at this time of the year, um, is, is is a great result for them. And the the, the great thing for for Hull KR is that they've got virtually a full squad um, turning out. You know, Willie Peters is um, in the fortunate position of having a really fine squad to select from, and um, I'm sure that you know that they really do fancy their chances of doing well and it would be great for them to to reach the 
grand final. They've got Sean Kenny Dowell, who's retiring at the end of the year, their captain. And, you know, he is, uh, you know, I think he's he's become a whole KR icon since he's come here. And he's staying with the club on the coaching team next year. But they play at Wakefield. And I would think that they must be quite relieved that Wakefield did lose that game at the weekend, um, you know, and, and don't now have a chance of staying up because that might make Wakefield relax a bit. And obviously you'd expect Hull KR to win that game now that Wakefield are no longer battling to um, avoid relegation. Mm, exactly right. And moving on, we had the Giants, uh, 52 defeated Hull FC 20. Um, a good return to form for Huddersfield, as you mentioned before. Oh, yes. And, you know, but... But really, that simply shows what should have happened earlier in the season. You know, it, uh, Kevin Nagama scoring a hat-trick for uh, Huddersfield, incidentally. I mean, Hull FC, the, there's something really soft at the heart of their culture. They they fade away at the end of the season so frequently. Um, they just don't seem able... There's, there's, there's a an element of toughness that's lacking at Hull FC and their supporters deserve better uh, in 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 my view Jake and you know to see Hull you know down in 10th place in in Super League that's not a place where a club with its level of support um, and enthusiasm ought to be sitting and um, you know at some point I mean Tony Smith's got a a really big rebuilding job next year but he's got to instill you know some degree of toughness into that side. Um, I'm not quite sure how he's going to do it, who he's going to recruit, but it it can't really carry on as it's been for the last few years. They ought to be one of the two or three biggest clubs in the league. They've got great support, a great stadium they play in. Um, they've got enormous potential for support, but they're not fulfilling it at the moment. And at the moment, they're being outranked by their near neighbours Hull KR, you know, and um, which is great for Hull KR, of course, but we ought to see both Hull clubs in the in the playoffs, not just one of them. Mm, absolutely right. And we also had uh, Wigan defeat Castleford Tigers 48-6. to uh, Again, another strong showing from Wigan as the playoffs approach. Abbas Miski scoring five tries and going to joint top of the try-scoring chart. I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? He's, he's had an absolutely incredible second half of the season, when in the first half of the season he wasn't being selected, he was actually, um, you know, on loan at one or two other clubs. And uh, what a what a, a you know incredible try scoring uh, guy he is. Um, you know, ab- ab- absolutely marvellous. And, um, and and Wigan, I, I just think, I mean, if if I had to put some money on it at the, at the moment, I would make Wigan the strong favourites to win the grand final. Mm. this year and uh you know matty pete new four-year contract um you know in his back pocket what what you know wigan are a smart club they they know that they've got to uh, keep matty on board he's done such a great job in two seasons at the, the club and um you, you know we i i think wigan and and they've re- already recruited so many good players for next year including adam kieran from catalans who we mentioned earlier um so I, I think wigan are really back to you know nearly very nearly back to the status of being the number one club in the game st helens will contact contest that very fiercely with them of course but it you know it's great to see those two clubs doing so well now they've had some big score lines over the past couple of weeks, but how crucial do you think a tough matchup against the Lee Leopards uh, this weekend will be? Oh, I think it's great, and and it's going to be on TV, isn't it? So um, you know, and 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 Lee, I mean, I still think Lee are the story this year, coming up to Super League and and um, doing so well, winning the Challenge Cup and and getting into the top um, top six and maybe even the top four, uh, depending on their result and whole KR's result. Um, so you know, uh, it, it's. It, I mean, it's looking very much like a Lee Hull KR game in the playoffs in the opening weekend of the playoffs, isn't it? Four v five, whichever one of them finishes on top of the other, um, and I mean they, they have built up a real rivalry um, this season, of course, with the Challenge Cup final um, having gone in Lee's favour. So, I mean, what a game to look forward to that would be if it if it's repeated in the playoffs. 
Oh, absolutely right. Uh, we also had some pretty exciting games go down in, in the Southern Hemisphere over the weekend. Uh, a couple of semi-finals. Uh, in the first one, we had Melbourne Storm 18 defeated Roosters 13. This one was a pretty close game that came down to the wire, but uh, a late sort of try by Melbourne there. Um, I'll tell the you what, what a great signing Will Warbrick's been for them, hasn't he? He, he played Rugby Union 7s, I think, for, for, the, for New Zealand. And um, I'm not quite sure how they recruited him, but I've watched a lot of him this year, and he's 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 a really fine winger. Mm-hmm. And to score that try right at the end, um, collecting a a, a a bomb, you know, and beating the defenders, the the Roosters defenders, to catch it and and touch it down was a real great piece of play. And uh, he he, I mean, I would imagine that he would now have a very good chance of walking into um, the the Kiwis team. Although, of course, they've also got Dallin um, Watini Zalesniak, who's who's playing great for the Warriors. Yeah, so, you know, what what a you know New Zealand are certainly the coming international team, aren't they? Mm, absolutely right. And uh, I, I just had a feeling when Sam Walker, uh, I believe it was Sam Walker, kicked that field goal around the 72, 71 minute mark. I just thought they'd left a little bit too much time left on the clock. You know, you can never yeah. uh, count Melbourne out. And yeah, obviously they got down in good field possession and uh, yeah. Capitalised with a try to Will Warbrick. And now they play Penrith. Yeah, it's um, that's going to be a tough game for them. I think Penrith, Penrith are, are really looking formidable, aren't they? Again, mm. this uh, this 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 season, and uh, hard to see anybody beating them really. Yeah, absolutely. And we have had a little bit of news over the past uh, few hours uh, that Jerome Luai uh, for the Panthers, he has been named in their side. Mm. Obviously, he's missed the last few weeks with a shoulder injury. And um, Jerome Hughes will be returning for the Storm, so it'll be return of the Jerome. Yes, that's that's going to be really. In- it's going to be a really interesting game to see, isn't it? It's um, it's being played, I think, on Friday at uh, Accor Stadium, or mm. also known as the Olympic Stadium in Sydney. It'll be interesting to see how many people they get coming to that game, won't it? Because of course, Penrith can't host it at their own home ground. Mm, that's right. Uh, the other matchup we had New Zealand with a pretty uh, rampant victory over the Newcastle Knights, forty points to ten, uh, in front of a packed New Zealand home crowd. Well, the whole of New Zealand are getting behind the Warriors, aren't they? It's that, uh, and, and they've they've created this um, incredible expression up the Wars, haven't they? Which mm. everybody in New Zealand seems to be um, coming out with, and, and and what a game they face at Brisbane, and if they could beat Brisbane uh, and get into the grand final, you'd get an enormous audience in, in New Zealand watching it, you know, mm. and uh, I mean, there are lots of people saying that, you know, the New Zealand people are probably more interested in how, in, in how the Warriors are doing than, than how the All Blacks are doing in the Rugby World Cup, which which is quite a sensational, I don't know how true it is, but it would be nice to think it was somewhere near to being true, wouldn't it? And it's, it's a great compliment to what Andrew Webster has done. Um, as a as a first season coach at the Warriors, I mean he must surely be the Dally M coach of the year. Mm. I really appreciated uh, that scene of Sean Johnson getting an early mark. He sort of walked off the field and did the, the sort of long lap around the edge of the uh, sideline and got to sort of farewell the crowd and just hearing them cheer for him as he was taken off the field. Brilliant, was wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, brilliant. It was really touching. Um, but that uh, match up on Saturday, Broncos versus Warriors. Um, what I will say from someone who's experienced uh, being in the crowd when the Warriors have played, uh, Warriors have a lot of fans in Brisbane. There's a lot of New Zealanders who have moved over, who have uh, located themselves in Brisbane. So I expect uh, this home crowd advantage to be not 50-50, but there's going to be a lot of Warriors fans in the crowd and it'll be quite a well, they'll get Well, they'll get lots of support. Mm. The interesting thing is how Reese Walsh will play, isn't it? Because mm. he came from... The Warriors at the start of the season, and he's been absolutely outstanding this year. Mm. And you know, I, I think one of the biggest problems for for the Warriors, apart from holding the mighty Brisbane Pack and in particular Payne Haas, but how to deal with Reese Walsh as an attacking threat is going to be quite crucial for them if they're going to win it. And uh, you know, it, it, it's certainly a game to look forward to on Saturday. Absolutely. And just a little backstory uh, on, on the history of these two clubs and Reese Walsh uh, for our viewers and listeners. Uh, so I think there used to be a, like a scout or a, um, Peter O'Sullivan, he was sort of like in charge of recruitment for the Warriors. Uh, I think he was pretty integral in bringing Reese Walsh from the Broncos to the Warriors. 
Uh, now, during Reese Walsh's time at New Zealand, he then got the uh, recruitment job with the Dolphins. So he moved across to the Dolphins. And there was a little bit of controversy when Reese Walsh signed with the Broncos that New Zealand wouldn't let him sign with the Dolphins because Peter O'Sullivan had left them to join the Dolphins mm. and said, if you're going to return home to Brisbane, it can only be to the Broncos. So <laughs> right. now I'm wondering, uh, the Warriors sitting there this week going, geez, maybe we should have let him go to the Dolphins because now we have to face him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, everything, what goes around comes around, doesn't it? And uh, uh, but it, we, I mean, it's a great story, and whatever happens, it's going to be a great game, I think. And I wouldn't like to. I mean, I th- I, th- I think the Broncos should win it, uh, but my goodness, it's they've got to be on top form, I think. And uh, you know, it's going to be you know Adam Reynolds versus Sean Johnson. So many interesting stories, aren't there, in that game? Mm. But uh, Adam Reynolds, can he lead the Broncos to? Their first grand final for for several years. I think 2015 was it. They were they were last there when they lost to um, to the Cowboys. Absolutely. And um, Sean Johnson. I think it was 2012. Was it when the Warriors were last there? If I remember rightly, mm. can can he lead them to um, to a grand final? And you know what 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 a whole load of interesting stories. Yeah, absolutely right. And I expect yeah a big New Zealand crowd to be there. Um, In other uh, Southern Hemisphere news, in the Queensland Cup, the East Tigers uh, 22 defeated the Burley Bears 18. Uh, They get through now to the uh, Interstate Cup final, which we played on Grand Final Day. They'll verse the New South Wales Cup winner. Um, Just for this one, a special shout-out to Matt Church, the East Tigers head coach. He coached me when I was in university. Um, So he's gone from there to the assistant coaching role with the Falcons. Then he was the coach of the PNG Hunters and now has the East Tigers head coaching role. So you taught him everything he knows. Exactly right. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. I'll take a little bit of credit for that. But Matt the Tigers Church. are very keen on on following the Dolphins into <coughs> into the NRL, aren't they? And mm. you know, on the, the the west side of Brisbane, uh, I think it is. Um, and I don't know. You're, I mean, you're a Queenslander, Jake. Do you think um, another team based to the west of Brisbane would be a good addition to the NRL? Yeah. Well, I think um, so. East, oh, East Tigers are more sort of east side, but I think the Jets are more um, west side. So, so that's the Jets. Yes, yeah, so the yeah. Jets are out Ipswich Way, which is a little bit west of Brisbane. Yeah, but you know, you know Brisbane geography better than I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, look, I think back when the the last bid was had, um, Ipswich Jets and East Tigers had pretty strong bids as well. So. I wouldn't be surprised if either of those two were candidates for it. East Tigers have a, a very proud history at the club. So too do, do the Jets, but yeah, I'm not sure. I think. The East Tigers would put one nearly, you know, very close to the centre of Brisbane. If you went out to Ipswich, it's probably a an hour's drive out there. So it's a little bit further out, much like um, the Dolphins who are based out at Redcliffe. That's sort of like an hour's drive out of Brisbane. So if they really want to uh, tee up a battle for Brisbane, uh, they'd go with East. Mm. Um, but, you know, if they want to sort of keep the crowds a little bit separate they should go to Ipswich but Mm. there's so many good options you know we've obviously had the success in New Zealand there's been Perth touted so yeah I mean you've got got to be slightly jealous of the NRL (coughs) for the potential options for expansion haven't you Mm. there are so many places Perth obviously is a place that's constantly being mentioned and uh, and so on and as as you say a second New Zealand team which looks surely on the cards Mm. um, in, in in the next few years it's uh you know, they've, they've, they're absolutely spoilt for choice, I think. Mm, absolutely, especially with how many teams are in Sydney. <coughs> you could make the case that Brisbane needs a few more. Um, but, yeah, I just hope wherever they decide to go next, they give that club more than a year's time to prepare so and do put I. together a squad. Yes, yes. Um, well, they ought to be looking at 2027, and they need to make a decision by 2025, in my view. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, Martin, Martin uh, last week we were talking about a bit of constructive criticism I got around uh, my attire. Um, I was suggested that I uh, <laughs> go out and purchase a suit. Now I do have a little bit of a surprise for the viewers. Um, I have I haven't bought a suit, but I've bought the next best thing. So let me just take off my uh, sweater. Oh there my goodness! Go. The, <laughs> the, the Brisbane Broncos jersey. <laughs> 
um, ahead of the <coughs> crucial matchup this weekend against the Warriors. So. Yeah, you're definitely not neutral, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. So uh, when you grow up in Queensland, you know, you can't help, um, help but hide or try and hide your bias, but mm. I think you should embrace it. <laughs> yes, yeah. Maybe we'll see you're you a in a Wakefield. Queen, you're a true Queenslander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hope to see you in a Wakefield Trinity jersey next week. You maybe. never know. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to some of the news of the week. So obviously we had Wakefield Trinity officially relegated. Uh, there's been a few questions about Mark Applegarth. Is he the right man to lead them into their hopeful revival next year? Uh, the, the answer to that is that I don't know, really. Um, I mean, I, I think Mark is, is is a great kid. He's got a a long history with um, with with Wakefield, uh, a bit like Matty Peters with Wigan. Actually, he's he's coached at you know academy and other levels at the club, and he's he's, he's fulfilled various roles. So I'm not absolutely sure that it would be a great idea to replace him at this stage. And um, you know, they brought him in. Uh, you know, they they part of company with Willie Poaching at the end of last season and brought Mark on board as their head coach particularly when obviously they're going to take a massive financial hit from being relegated I'm not sure that now's the time to um, put someone else in there Um, I mean how you you know you've, you've got to say that Mark had a squad that was always going to struggle in Super League this year and, um, you know, to get the four wins that they did after such an appalling start to the season, um, you know, the, the second half of the season for Wakefield wasn't actually that bad. And we've actually got, <coughs> in League Express this week, we've got a, a reader's poll thing saying which is the worst club uh, on current form in Super League. And we're sort of saying, is it Wakefield or is it Castleford or is it Hull or is it Leeds Rhinos? And, you know, a lot of people might say... Wakefield currently are not actually the worst club in Super League, you know, and uh, a few Leeds Rhinos fans might agree with that, the way they've played the last couple of games. Oh, absolutely. And it is a bit disappointing because, like, Wakefield have had some pretty close uh, score lines over the past few weeks and, and they've shown some decent form. Well, they they lost two games by um, Golden Point, didn't they? They lost the, the last game by Golden Point and earlier in the season... They, they they had a trip to Salford and they lost a game there by 13 points to 12 in Golden Point, I seem to remember. Mm. So if those two games had gone the other way, uh, Wakefield would now have 12 points and with a um, a points difference of minus 395, they'd be just marginally above Castleford and we'd be looking ahead to a very exciting last game of the season for both clubs. But, you know, that's sport, isn't it? it you win some and you lose some and you win some very close games and and lose some very close games and unfortunately for Wakefield that's that's what happened to them mm. well, our thoughts are with the club hopefully uh, they can turn it around next year in the championship and hopefully yeah. see them back in the Super League very soon but um, we've also had some news uh, Paul Vaughan the Warrington Wolves front rower he has been slapped with a grade E unnecessary contact charge for lifting an injured player uh, which could yield four to six weeks now I was at the game I saw it happen live it was in the 79th minute with 30 seconds to go. I think it was just Sioni Matautia trying to waste a little bit of time and uh, Paul Vaughan's gone to help him up to try and get to play the ball. Yeah. Um, this sort of baffles me coming from the Southern Hemisphere. I haven't really seen a charge like this before, but what did you make of it? Well, I've, I, I, if, if I'm honest about it, I can't really re- recall seeing it. So, I, so whatever it was, it was... Um, uh, incidentally enough for me not to really notice it, mm. uh, if I'm honest, Jake. And, you know, it, uh, I mean, w- w- we've had a few examples now of players being in the dock for lifting up injured players when clearly they were injured mm. and on the ground lifting up an opponent. And clearly that's not acceptable where where there's a clear case of of a player lying injured on the floor mm. because you you could potentially you know do additional damage mm. by doing that but but there is you know you have to draw the line somewhere and clearly when you get to the final minute of a game um players are gonna take their time getting up off the ground out they were particularly when it's a tight game so um so without having seen it I, i'm hesitant to comment really mm. on what ought to happen to paul vaughan but uh, i'm happy to take your word for it that you know it wasn't a it wasn't as serious as it sounds, in your view. Well, that's the thing. I, I was the same. I completely missed it 
at the game mm. um, when when the charge was announced. I was like, oh, hang on a minute, and then I saw the replay and it sort of all clicked in my memory. But nothing was made of it at the time of the incident. No. Yeah. Um, did, did the TV commentators pick it up? Not that I'm aware of. No. Um, there was no mention of it in the commentary, but Peter Matauti has come out and um, give, thrown his support behind Paul Vaughan. He said this is, he tweeted, this is crazy. Um, so, obviously, the act was on his brother. So, mm. for him to come out and support his teammate yes. against his brother says something. So, yeah. yeah Let's look, hope the brothers are still talking. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But as you mentioned, um, I think there is, obviously, if the player was concussed or there was a clear injury, there should be none of that. Um, but I think this is one of those common sense um, incidents where I think Sione Matati was merely just trying to waste time. So be disappointing to see Paul Vaughan miss four, four to six weeks if they can't successfully fight that. Well, it will it will certainly put a dampener on their playoff hopes, won't mm-hmm. it? Because he's been a really vital part of, of their side this year. And I think it would be a great shame yeah, absolutely um, to, right. to do that, to be honest. But, you know, as I say, we, we have to wait to see what the outcome is. I assume is, um, he'll be facing a tribunal hearing tonight presumably they're normally on a tuesday night and it's tuesday today uh so we'll just have to wait and see what the outcome is of that one uh, jake mm, that's right now uh i'm not sure if you heard this news but uh the leeds rhinos fans have been trapped in perpignan after yeah we uh, had, it, I had uh, it in the paper this week yes how yeah. bizarre was this was this do you think this is uh punishment or a reward to, to spend an extra day down there uh, given that performance leads well they they eventually i think flew out of perpignan at seven o'clock on monday night and uh, you know my i think i said in the paper this week that you know some of them would probably want to be delayed even more <laughs> you know with a view to missing this friday's game against castleford because if if leads play like they have done over the last two weeks then you know they um it would be a horror show, really, wouldn't it? So, uh, having said that, I have a funny feeling that Leeds will improve quite dramatically um, when they face Castleford on Friday night. Castleford no longer have to win to avoid relegation. So, um, it's going to be a game with nothing riding on it, really. Mm. Um, so, we'll just have to see how that goes. I think the Leeds fans probably deserve to be sent off with a win to finish off the season. Uh, obviously, they've got some new recruits coming in next year, which will hopefully bolster the squad a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure they're happy to write this season off. And well, next year. they're going to have to, yeah. yeah. Um, we also had some reports that Manly, the Manly Seagull Centre, Morgan Harper, is set to move to Super League. No clubs have been announced yet, but a few weeks ago there were some rumours with potential links between him and Warrington, with Sam Burgess coming in next year. Um, be exciting to see him in Super League next year? Well, he's a good player, but he do, he, 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 he is liable to make the odd mistake, is Morgan Harper, that when I've seen him play. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. But they're all interesting guys, aren't they? The, the, these guys have come from, from from the NRL. I think what's important, though, for, for um, Super League, given that, that there's a declining... Um, pattern of income that Super League clubs are receiving with a lower um, Sky broadcast deal, and at some point, I mean, I'm I'm a great believer that um, we play to a salary cap in, in in Super League, and and that salary cap is quite difficult for some clubs to spend up to because they don't have the uh, financial resources and they don't have the financial benefactor that some other clubs do have. Um, and I'm 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 wondering now whether we ought to get to the point where we ought to put a cap on overseas players who come to Super League. So if the if 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 the cap was say two million pounds in total, should there be a a figure of say half a million pounds that's a cap on players coming from the NRL? Mm. Um, because we need to learn to develop our own talent. If you look at all the um, the teams in Super League. Uh, I'd say that probably about 25% of the players these days are Australian and Kiwi and other players from the Southern Hemisphere. And I think that's too much, personally. It's it's stifling. One of the problems that some clubs have in Super League is that they don't give sufficient opportunities to some of their younger players mm. because their place, places are being blocked by too many um, you know, veteran players who have been recruited from from the NRL, who tend to be picked because, you know, they're on pretty high salaries. And, um, 
you know, it's 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 a problem. Players, a lot of young English kids are not getting the game time that they ought to get in order to improve to the point at which they can claim those places as of right. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's an interesting um, dilemma, I think. But I'm, you know, tending towards thinking that way at the moment yeah that's right and uh, obviously over the weekend we saw the benefits of, of promoting your junior talent and what Leon Hayes put up for the Warrington absolutely the and that's his there. first game of the season mm. and he you know I mean he was replacing George Williams so that wasn't an Australian player he was mm. replacing but you know we, we we need a plan in place for kids like him to get more games to do to develop at the point at which he's um, it can be a regular selection. Mm. I would just say on Leon Hayes because I was I was at the game and was able to watch him up up front and close in person. But um, he's five foot five, nineteen years old, and just when I saw him run out to the field, I thought, God, he's he's very small in stature, but. Geez, he put up a, a great performance. He's, I think in the first half there, they really um, Saints sent their attack down his edge and really targeted him. And I think he ended up making like 21 of 24 tackles. Like he was very solid in defence, um, especially for his size. And unfortunately for Warrington, they were under the pump the whole first half. The momentum started to swing towards the end of the first yeah. half. But in the second half, you could just see that like the pressure was sort of off his shoulders and he just started to play his natural game a little bit more. I thought his kicking game was pretty good, actually. Yeah, I think there was uh, one time there where he did a kick for touch and it almost went, you know, 40 or 50 metres. It was a beautiful Mm. kick. Um, Mm. But yeah, his confidence, you could see it was really starting to grow in that second half. And I tell you what, he has, you know, the opportunity there to to really stamp his mark on that side. And I think um, Gary Chambers said he would consider him for selection this week. Yeah, yeah, he did. And um, so often you find with young players, as they eventually come through, they only manage to come through because of an injury to a player who's, you know, already in the first team. And, um, you know, then you find that they at last get a chance. And then many of them actually show that they've got what it takes. Mm. I mean, Lewis Dodds is a really great example at St. Helens at halfback because he he got his chance when Theo Farge, who was playing with St. Helens at the time, he was the first choice halfback, but he got injured, quite a serious injury, Mm. kept him out for quite a long time. And Lewis Dodd got his chance and took it, you know, and it was great, great to see a very, very good, confident young young player. Um, Brad O'Neill at at Wigan has been great this year in my view at Hooker and he got his chance when Sam Powell was injured the first first choice uh, Wigan Hooker so it's it's often the case now you've got to say there must be other Lewis Dodds and Sam Powells at other clubs who don't get a chance because players don't get injured who are effectively blocking their way and um, you know that's that's obviously you, you wonder how much talent isn't coming through and then what you tend to find is that those players will then be loaned to clubs in the championship um, and some some of them lose a bit of heart really mm-hmm. uh, you know lose a bit of direction and we don't we don't see them making the progress that we'd like to see them make mm-hmm. and and that's incredibly disappointing I think it'd be great to to watch uh, Leon Hayes' development over the next few years I think he's got the potential to be like an Adam Reynolds I think so player, yeah um, who's obviously quite short himself and has a great mm. kicking game um you know the reason for bronco success this year so um but keeping on that sort of topic in terms of uh, australian players coming over adam clune there's been reports in australia that he has signed with the huddersfield giants hasn't been confirmed yet mm. but um what do you make of this well he's a very signing? intelligent guy is adam clune isn't he uh, he's, he's noted for being for being quite a smart smart young man you know um, even you know, setting apart his um, his, his, his rugby ability, um, and I, I've been quite impressed when I've seen him play. He was with St George for quite a long time, wasn't he? And um, I, I think he could add quite a lot to, um, to to Huddersfield next 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 season. And if you know if he is coming there, we'll we'll see. But hopefully, that will be the case. Mm, absolutely. Um, so. We've got a pretty exciting uh, championship relegation thrilling. battle heating up at the moment, Martin. What can you tell us about well, this Well, it's one? a thrilling battle in the championship for, for both playoff places and relegation. And of, I mean, there's a week to go, Jake. And with only a week to go, um, there's only one club in the championship that has no chance of getting into the playoffs 
and no chance of being relegated. And that is witness Vikings. Um, you know, apart from them, every other club that's uh, that's in there um, can either go, you know, get in the playoffs or, or, or still be relegated. There was a great game last night, incidentally, when York beat um, Batley 15-14, uh, at their at their home ground and um with a with a very very late um late late field goal um and you know it it it, it was a great game there's so many great games in the championship that uh, you maybe would would quite enjoy as well i mean obviously you don't you've not seen much championship rugby yourself but mm-hmm. um and they scored a potential you know try of the week or even a potential try of the year with um joe brown um, it's one you ought to search for on, on, on YouTube if you've not seen it uh, so far. But, you know, the, 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 the relegation battle, you, you've got Swinton, Keithley, Whitehaven and Barrow, all of whom could still be relegated. Um, and you've got in, in, in the playoffs, you've got um, four teams that are assured of being in the playoffs now, Featherston, Toulouse, Sheffield and Bradford. But you've still got London, Halifax, um, York and Batley that, could get the final two places so it's a it's a real great competition as a championship and it's a real for me an incredible disappointment that via play or as they used to be known as premier sports um will be pulling out of um, rugby league and all domestic sport in this country next year and won't be continuing to televise the championship i really do hope that another broadcaster can pick up on the championship and start showing some of its games because it really is it's a it's a great competition and um you know it needs to um be shown uh on uh, you know a, a, a broadcasting outlet i think and uh, it ought to, the, the 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 rugby football league ought to be capable of promoting it perhaps a bit more than they do mm. and that game last night was streamed on the Air League app, I believe. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know about that, but yeah, maybe it was. I mean, that's a, an opportunity there if, um, yeah. you know, if we're looking to have these games broadcasted. I mean, they've done a few on that app uh, this year, so it'd be nice. They, if they have, pick up but the we need to see more people tuning in to sort of see what a great competition this is, in my view. Mm, yeah, absolutely right. Um, if you had to, you know, put your money on who's going to be promoted, obviously uh, the Rovers are still going very strong. Well, Featherston beat Toulouse at the weekend didn't they in, in Toulouse and it, and it looks like they those two games those two teams will play in the promotion in, in, in the championship grand final um, probably at Featherstone um, so but you've, you've got to say Featherstone do look like the, the team that's going to replace Wakefield they're, they're near local rivals uh, in, in Super League next year and, and I think Featherstone already making plans um, to be able to compete uh, in the Super League next year. But um, can they be confident of getting there? Well, you know, Toulouse clearly um, was second best at the weekend, but they won't be an easy team to beat, um, particularly with some of the talent that they've got available. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, now, I believe there was a piece in uh, this week's paper about Moses Mbai, uh settling into life over here in England and Geez, he's been a pretty good signing for St Helens uh, this year. Obviously, yes, he bench. replaced Joey Lusick, didn't he? And um, yeah, uh, uh, it seems like a really great guy, mm. and has fitted in very well to St Helens. You know, St Helens are an interesting club because they always do their research into players before they sign them, mm. and I think Moses Mbai's had a long history in the NRL and um, I think everybody knows you know what a great guy he is and um, he was actually talking about bringing you know his family are, are coming over to join him I think this week so that'll be great for him and uh, you know it wouldn't be at all surprising if he were uh, a key player on their march to the grand final. Yeah absolutely I was sort of sitting there wondering obviously uh, the Saints have signed Daryl Clark for next year I wonder mm. if Moses remains at the club in that off the bench role um well i wouldn't be surprised yeah i I don't know what um i can't remember just offhand the details of his contract with st helens but um i'd I'd be very surprised if he if he if he only came for the rest of this season Mm. um if they didn't retain him next year but uh yeah daryl clark's a really interesting signing isn't he to replace james roby um there was a very interesting um piece that um john wells did on Sky last Friday night before the Warrington Saints game, 
where he looked back at um, you know recent the the Warrington recent defeat by Salford and pointed out one or two of Daryl Clark's deficiencies defending near his own line um, in quite a revealing sort of uh, way. I think John Wells is a really smart analyst and. Um, if 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 Darrell is going to successfully replace James Roby next year at Saints, then I'm sure that they will be looking very hard at that uh, aspect of his game. Mm. I mean, everybody knows Darrell Clark's a great guy from dummy half. Mm. Um, he's a tremendous, tremendous threat, particularly as a running dummy half player. But um, his defence near to his own line, you know, is very important as well. And, uh, uh, you know, I have a funny feeling Saints will be looking at that quite closely. Mm. Well, they've got a, a full off season to sort of work on it. So absolutely, fingers yeah. crossed that uh, it all works. And yeah, it's um, also it's a little bit sad almost seeing the last few games of James Roby's career. He's been such a, a great player for so many years now, and will go down as one of the all time greats in both hemispheres. Um, there are lots of players, of course, who 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 obviously will be playing the final game very soon. Some of them this this Friday, mm. um, and it, it's all it's always sad to see them go um obviously louis mccarthy scarsbrook who also plays for saints he's um in his final season there too and he's he's been a real great great guy incredibly lively character uh, on and off the field um and you know it'll seem strange without roby and mccarthy scarsbrook at at st helens next year um so you know we've also got chris mcqueen a fellow uh, Queenslander, I think, isn't he? Mm, yeah. Um, playing his final game for Huddersfield this this Friday, um, you know, and we've got we've mentioned already Sean Kenny Dowell, who will quit at Hull KR at the end of this th- th- this season, um, and 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 quite a few others. Uh, Nathan Massey leaving Castleford, which I don't know whether he's going to play on elsewhere. It, the indications are that he might do, but again, he's been an incredible servant to the Castleford club and um, deserves all the praise in the world for what he's contributed to that club over the years. Mm. So, you know, it's an interesting it's an interesting time and always sad to see players retiring, particularly when you can remember them as young kids just coming through. I mean, <laughs> James Roby, another really interesting example, actually, because when he, he, I think he played his first game in 2004, if I remember right, or was it 2006? I struggle to remember mm. just offhand, but you know, he was very much behind a real great player called Kieran Cunningham when he first started playing for Saints. And he was a kid who we were talking earlier about young players being held back by players in the first team. But the thing with him was um, he came on the scene as a teenager, but right from the start, he was on the bench every week with Kieran Cunningham starting at hooker. Mm-hmm. And he was able to get that experience, which has stood him in such good stead mm-hmm. throughout his career. So, um, but what a career it's been, you know. And, and I, I, I still think the highlight of his career was leading St. Helens to that victory in Penrith earlier this year in the World Club Challenge. That that was an incredible achievement. And he showed in that game uh, what an incredible captain he is, I think. Mm, absolutely right. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I just sort of watched him on the weekend and think, God, he can still perform at the top level. I think he's he could one play of the another best year, potentially. Yeah, he could play <laughs> yeah. another year. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, you've got to call time. And what better way to do it while you're still healthy? Um, you know, I'm sure he's got a few niggling sort of injuries, but... Uh, yes, I yeah. don't know what his future will be. I mean, I, you know, whether he'll stay with St. Helens on the coaching staff, who knows? Mm-hmm. I would have thought he might do, but I don't think there's anything uh, yet been announced about that. But mm-hmm. I dare say something will uh, come out in future. But but if any player ever deserved to be recognised in the honour system, I think it's James Roby. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Sir James Roby, perhaps? Maybe, maybe. maybe that would be a bit more than we can expect, but... <laughs> But certainly, he ought to you know he is he's been such a a rugby league great in this country that he deserves to be recognised, but you know in in a wider con- ton- context than purely in 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 the game itself. Mm-hmm. I've experienced it a little bit lately. Obviously, um, you know players that I sort of admired and idolised growing up have sort of come and gone, and now mm. I'm sort of getting to the age now where you know 
I'm seeing, you know, like the Sean Kenny Dows, the Chris McQueens. Um, mm. Yeah, Chris McQueen played a few Origin games. So, yeah, very sad to see their careers come to an end, but what a career they've had. Oh, yeah. Um, now, moving on, we also had some quite quite um, sad news uh, south of the hem in the southern hemisphere. Um, John McDonald has unfortunately passed away uh, in his hometown, or my hometown of Toowoomba. Um, he played 10 interstate games for Queensland, 13 caps for Australia. Um, he guided Maroons to their historic inaugural state of origin victory. Um, and he was a QRL chairman from 1992 to 2012 and also uh, served time as the ARL chairman. Um, quite a, a loss for the uh, rugby league community in the Southern Hemisphere. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I actually did meet um, John McDonald some years ago and, and, you know, a really great guy. And, and I think one of his greatest, probably his greatest achievement, I mean, it, it's when, when somebody's achieved a lot in life, it's difficult to say what the greatest achievement is, but probably his greatest achievement was coaching that very first Queensland State of Origin team in 1980 when they famously beat New South Wales and set up State of Origin uh, to become what it's become since then, you know, and that um, that was that was amazing, and you can still look back at that game and 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 see what an incredibly atmospheric game it was. Artie Beatson, of course, mm. uh, at the end of his career back in 1980, um, leading Queensland to that amazing win. Um, so yes, and um, you know, um, my condolences to John McDonald's family. I'm sure they're very sad at having lost such a great guy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. Yeah, very sad to see. Um, but yeah, what what a uh, la- lasting impact he's had uh, on what Origin yeah. has become today. And yeah, such a big loss. Another guy who died very sadly was Lionel Morgan. Were you uh, were you going to mention him? No, no, I hadn't. L- Lionel Morgan. Well, he was uh, again a, a really fascinating uh, man. Symbolically very important because he was the first Indigenous player to play for Australia back in 1960 when he was selected for the Kangaroos against France. And, you know, it's it's incredible to think, isn't it, that when you look at how many Indigenous players there are in the game today, um, that he was the first to, to ever, you know, get that, that, that honour mm-hmm. and um, made his own piece of history. And that was before Indigenous people were allowed to vote in Australia, mm. you know, and there were lots who followed him, you know, Arthur Beetson, of course, um, Jonathan Thurston, Steve Renouf. Mm. There have been some wonderful Indigenous players in rugby league in Australia, mm. you know, but, but he was the first. He was the very first to, not the first to play, of course, but the first to um, be selected for Australia. And that was... You know, he was the first Indigenous player to be selected for any Australian sporting representative national team. Um, whatever sport you're looking at, you know, rugby league was the was the trailblazer in in that sense. And it's the thing I think we we all ought to be very proud of. Yeah, absolutely. You know, giving opportunities to young Indigenous men, and he lived to the ripe old age of eighty five. Um, you know, which was, as they say, a a, a, a pretty you know, good lifespan. Um, but yeah, again, condolences to his family and um, everybody who who will miss him because you know, as as I say, they can feel so proud of I think what what he achieved. Absolutely, and you know, we can't sort of go back in time to to sort of see all the the things that he had to overcome to to get to that position. I can only imagine some mm. of the um, backlash and criticism that he had to go through in his career. So yeah, he certainly paved the way and. You know, if it wasn't for someone like him, we wouldn't have the greats like Artie Beetson. And no, no, but the great thing about rugby league is that no matter what your background, um, in rugby league, if you're good enough, then you'll tend to get picked, won't you? And that's obviously what happened in his case. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, we, we can feel very proud of that because, it, it you know, for, for, for many years, the other major sports in Australia never picked um, Indigenous players. And, you know, the Australian cricket team, has only recently um, picked its first Indigenous player, um, so you know it's it, it's it's a thing that we don't make much of in rugby league how how inclusive we are, um, but you know maybe it's something we ought to be a little bit more positive about. To be honest, Jake. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, now, before we get into looking at this weekend's games, Martin, is there anything I've missed or any news you'd like to to touch on? 
Anything that I've forgotten? No, I don't think so. I mean, you know, we had a press conference last week, didn't we, for previewing the England um, Tonga series. And I've written a piece. I mean, it's quite incredible that we play our grand final on the 14th and the test series begins on eight days later Mm. on the 22nd when England play Tonga at St. Helens. That's giving us very little time to prepare um, because... I think the logic is that quite a lot of the England players will be playing in that grand final. So they'll have virtually no time to celebrate, no time to prepare to face the um, the Tongans. And it's making Sean Wayne's job incredibly hard. On the other hand, the NRL grand final is on the 1st of October. Um, I don't know how many Tongans will be involved in that grand final, but probably fewer than English players involved in our grand final. So, so, so basically, Christian Wolfe, the... Tongan coach has a much greater preparation time mm. than Sean Wayne has for England and you know we are handicapping ourselves and it's because you know our clubs insist on playing 27 matches during a season and so Sean Wayne is having to battle our clubs as much as he's having to battle Tonga almost and I think that's just a ridiculous situation and you touched on it in your column that yeah you know, assuming that Wigan and St Helens make the grand final that's a, a large uh, portion of the selection well I would imagine there'd be at least playing. 10 players who, yeah. who would who would perhaps be in Sean's England squad mm. who who would be playing in that game if, if those two teams make it yeah. which is you know, it's it's really going to be difficult. Mm, absolutely right, and I think uh, Christian Wolf uh, mentioned that they would have a little get together before they flew over. So, mm. and I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, like with the four teams that remain in the NRL, I can't think of too many that will play for Tonga. Uh, no, no. So they've got the benefits of rest. Um, I know Christian mentioned it'll be up to the players to keep themselves fit in terms of you know, match fitness. So that might go against him. But I think if uh, Sean Wayne had the option of having a few weeks rest as well, he would take that. I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, can't wait for that to kick off. That'll be an exciting series. And um, hopefully we see three really tough fought battles. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess we'll look at this week's uh, Super League matchups. Um, obviously, there's a few there that have caught our eye. Is there any in particular... Um, you wish you could well, get Lee to, versus or? Wigan looks a, a really good one, doesn't it? Because that will determine whether Wigan win the league leader's shield and finish first, yep. or whether you know whether Lee can consolidate their fourth place in um, in, in Super League because they've got to keep they've got to keep one eye. Hold on, my phone is going. Let me just. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's all right. It's all good. Um, so they've got to try and consolidate their um, their position, and Orkara coming up on the rails um, with a trip to Wakefield. So, you know, that's those those two matches will be really crucial. Um, and then, of course, we've got Warrington's trip to Huddersfield. If they can win that game, they will um, get the sixth place in um, in, in the playoffs. But uh, Salford against the Catalans, that's going to be interesting as well because. If Wigan slip up at Lee, then Catalans, if they win that game, they will probably win the uh, league leader shield themselves. So there's a lot to um, a lot to look forward to. The only games where there's nothing at stake are um, it strikes me uh, Leeds Rhinos versus Castleford Tigers. Mm. That's the only game where nothing really um, nothing really counts. Yeah. So so we know. won't expect to see any players being rested by any of the clubs. You can't imagine. Oh, hard to know. Um, we've not we've not seen their squad lists yet, mm. but I would imagine that might may well be the case. Yeah. Um, certainly, you know, you 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 would imagine. Uh, it'd be interesting to see whether um, young Leon Hayes gets a run again for Warrington at Huddersfield. Whether you know they might they might rest George Williams again, mm. with a view to coming back for the playoffs if they get there. But but they might think that they need to play Williams to um, you know get the win at Huddersfield. So. It's an interesting one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but before we get into the NRL uh, prelims, one other thing I thought of is the Prime Minister's 13 matchup between PNG and Australia coming up. Uh, Nene McDonald was named for the PNG side. He still hasn't returned back to the league. It doesn't look as though he's coming back, does it, really? No. For, and, and certainly now that they're no longer in the running for the playoffs, it's a bit inconsequential. Mm. But, of course, his contract does go into next year, so that's going to be... 
interesting to see how that's that's resolved. You know, maybe he doesn't want to come back. Who knows? Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know what's going on there, but it seems a little bit unprofessional from where it I'm does. sitting. It does. Uh, and if you're a, a Leeds teammate, do you really want to be playing with someone like that that you can't rely on heading into next season? Well, that's for them to say, isn't it? But yeah, it's uh, it's a tricky one. That's right. And obviously, we don't know the full story. Uh, there could be some circumstances going on behind the scenes. You never know. Of, so yeah. I don't want to be too critical because he's just had a baby and you never quite know what the situation mm. with that is, do you? So if, if there were any complications with the birth and I'm not saying there was but if there were mm. then it would be perfectly understandable for him to want to stay over there yeah absolutely uh, yeah I guess looking at this weekend's prelims um, Penrith Storm Broncos Warriors who are you picking in these two got to be Penrith beating Melbourne I think I think there's no doubt about that and I think Broncos I mean it's it's looked for a long time like Penrith Brisbane grand final and I can't see any reason to change my opinion. Yep, no, I agree with you on that one. Hopefully my Broncos uh, can get a win and I haven't jinxed them by wearing the jersey yes. uh, in this podcast. So uh, fingers crossed I can come in and be cheering next week. Um, all right, well, I am happy with that if you are, Martin. Uh, nothing else you'd like to mention? No, it's, well, just one final thing, I suppose. The championship, every championship game... Um, or nearly all the championship games have something riding on them um, this weekend, uh, apart from Featherston versus Witness, oddly enough, because Featherston are guaranteed to finish first and Witness are guaranteed to um, remain in the in, in, in the championship next season. Okay. Apart from that, all the other games have um, a top six element to them or a or a relegation element to them. So a lot, a lot of exciting games coming up. Oh, perfect. Might be an opportunity for those two maybe to rest players, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. Featherstone's uh, yeah. best interest. Um, but anyway, we will uh, wrap it up here. Don't forget, if you'd like to grab yourself a League Express subscription, head along to www.totalrl.com forward slash shop. I'll repeat that, www.totalrl.com forward slash shop uh, to secure your subscription um, grab a, a copy of Richard's book. Um, 50 Wigan Legends in their own words. In their own yeah, words. great and, book. Um, Rugby League World Magazine. You can also access a subscription to that on there as well, which is published monthly. And uh, don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, to subscribe to our channel, Total Rugby League. And uh, you can also listen to us on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So, um, And while you're at it, also go give... Uh, the League Express Facebook page, a like the Twitter, <laughs> go and follow our TikTok page, League Express, uh, Instagram, League Express official. We're on everything now. So, we are uh, great stuff, Jay. It's hard to ma- it's hard to manage, isn't it? <laughs> it's quite yeah, it's quite amazing. <laughs> a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, there are. All right, well, we'll wrap it up here. Thanks again, Martin. I'll see you again next week. P- pleasure. Cheers. Thanks, Jack. Bye. No worries, bye.